Maitei, Sherera Linsi, Hashein Glateragua, Anya E. Hina, Avanya E. Hande, Rehindu, The Fruin Show. Welcome to The Fluent Show, a podcast all about loving, living and learning languages. Hello guys, my name is Kirsten Cable and I'm here to guide you through a new Q&A section. Such an interesting question, such a complicated topic and we're not daunted here. We are hitting the hard topics head on in the last show you heard about fluency and mastery and what is a digital nomad and everything and there's some really interesting topics coming up in the future and today I'm going to be talking about dialects and languages and a big debate. I'm still going to keep this episode quite short so you might notice that we are not covering the whole topic backwards, forwards, sideways and up and down because that is impossible. And before we kick off and before I forget it, there is of course a wonderful sponsor to thank. So let's give our attention to Smart Cards Plus. Smart Cards Plus is a flashcard and spaced repetition app for the iPhone or iPad and it helps you review new vocab on the go. So far from what I've heard from you guys in terms of feedback, you are loving this app. I'm so excited about it. This flashcard app knows which cards you need to study at the optimal intervals so that you can add them to your long-term memory. So vocab learning, as you might know, is all about getting your memory to put those things into the long-term box that you might otherwise only have in a short-term box. That's why reviewing a huge list of 100 vocab words is not as effective, even if you have the most frequent ones in a language, it's not as effective as simply taking in the language and seeing those words again and again and again. And I personally find flashcard reviews, now that I've been doing them for a while, I find them quite effective for sort of busy times or times when you cannot process, you know, like mentally perhaps you might be just tired and you can't process a huge amount of language kind of coming at you as you would when you're watching television for 20 minutes, having a full-on conversation, you know, having that intense interaction with a language. So flashcards to me are a great and highly effective way to stay in touch, to have that, like I say so often, contact with your target language on a daily basis. The app tracks your progress over time, so it saves you study time because it starts to cut out the words that it knows you know. You know, the words that you keep getting right, you're not going to have to look at them as much. And it zooms in on helping you remember the ones that you can't remember yet. The app is very well designed, it's stylish looking, it's fun, it's easy to create your own flashcards, it's easy to add pictures in there, etc. And It has so many custom options, plus on the iPad it supports split screen, that's pretty cool, and it's iPhone 10 ready. So if you want something that really fits into your iPhone environment, have a look at this one. If you are currently an Anki or Quizlet user, by the way, SmartCards Plus can import those decks for you, so you can retain your study history and have a play around in a new app. Why not? The Website to find out more and to support our show, The Fluent Show, is Smart 
cardsplus.com slash fluent and from there you can download the app onto your iPhone or iPad. It is free to use. You will get 25 card reviews for free every single day which rises to unlimited if you were to choose to take out a premium account and that's only $7.99 of your respective currency for a year. So for you as a Fluent Show listener, there is also a free trial month. So you can just go unlimited for a month and spend a full 30 days taking advantage of unlimited memory-boosting flashcards. So that is smartcardsplus.com slash fluent. Thank you so much for supporting our show today. Now, my dear listeners, back to the question of the week, which came to me through a fluent language survey that I like to run, where you can just tell me a little bit about your languages and sort of no pressure, submit a question, anything that you want to ask me about language learning. Every now and then I kind of look through the mailbag and I pull out something interesting for the Q&A on this podcast. So the question that came was, how do you feel about learning two dialects of a language at the same time? This is part of the classic, what's a dialect, what's a language debate? Before I can answer a question like this, we need to get some clarity on what dialects what a dialect really means in a language and whether it whether it really matters for your target language. So in this episode, I'm going to discuss this topic in practical terms, without going too far into the deep, deep questions and the, the politics of it, every language has non-standard variants. Every language. So let's just think about what matters most when you're learning a foreign language, which you are most likely doing because you're listening to The Fluent Show. There can be huge differences, or there can be not so huge, quite surmountable differences between different dialects. And in fact, sometimes, arguably, a linguistic neighbor that may be considered a dialect by some is an official language of a specific reason, region or could be just considered a different language by others. Here are a few examples of two dialects. Dialect pairs, Mandarin and Cantonese, Flemish and Dutch, Czech and Slovak, Northern and Southern Welsh, and American and British English. What? I know you're probably talking back already and pausing the podcast and having a big rant and I do want to hear your responses guys so feel free to write in and send me your opinions on whether those were different languages or dialects. I feel that there might not be a full-on answer. So let's have a close look at the last one, American and British English. You might be thinking, hang on, what, 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 what? Are these, are these accents or, or are they dialects? Because that's not even, a, that's, that's an accent for Christ's sake. Like now we have to worry about accents as well. And I want to say, well, on the whole, we say that an accent is largely a reflection of how a speaker pronounces words. So for example, the word number is pronounced number in standard English. Down here in Southeast England, where I suddenly find myself living, people say number. Um, but where I lived for 15 years in the north of England, we say number, right? Number. 
So that is very, very different. Those two tiny little variants there of a vowel, and there are many, many, many. So what's very known is that in the north of England, the R in the word bath is very short. So we say bath, it's called a flat vowel. Whereas then there is bath, very lengthened. That's what people say in the south. So all those little all those little variants, but still using the same word, that's what's considered an accent, whereas a dialect goes a lot further into significant vocabulary and grammar differences. So in a way, you're always going to be learning some kind of accent in your target language. When you're working with a exchange partner, they will have some kind of accent. The way that your parents spoke when you were a kid, some kind of accent. You're always going to have an accent. And this is also a useful thing to bear in mind when we're thinking about the fact that we're often trying to get rid of our accent. Even if you rid yourself of your native language accent, what you sound like in the target language might be still an accent of some kind. So that's deep. We're not going to go down that road because we want to talk about dialect. So learning dialect, that's different. And that is significant because a dialect contains different vocabulary, different grammar. There is much bigger variation. So it may affect how well you understand people and how well they understand you. And here we get back into that, that list above, the languages I named, and the question originally. The differentiation of language versus dialect is not always applied consistently. Strictly speaking, according to the National Science Foundation, who in themselves quoted the, the Dictionary of Linguistics. The Dictionary of Linguistics defines a dialect as a variety of a language used by people from a particular geographic area. So what it says there is a variety of a language. In other words, when you're learning any dialect, even if you're learning a different dialect of English, you're always kind of learning a language. And every language that you learn is kind of a dialect of another. What? So, for example, Romanian and Italian, but also kind of French and Portuguese and Spanish, are dialects of Latin. We just got to zoom out far enough. So, for you as the language learner, the dialect question is always relevant. But... In answer to, should you learn two dialects? Should you learn a dialect? What, you know, how should you go about this? I would say, don't sweat it because there isn't a single answer. Each language you learn will handle its dialect questions slightly differently. So what I found is there's only one way to know whether learning a dialect, learning two dialects, and or which, how to approach dialects in your target language, regional variants, that is, there's only one way to do it, and that is to ask. And unfortunately, you can you can sort of ask me, and I can tell you about a few languages that I know well enough, but you need to ask the speakers, the people who live in the linguistic space, geographical linguistic space of your target language. My general recommendation to you is go with what is big first. Because there's often a reason there are standard variants. It's, it's for ease of understanding mutually among the people of that target language, not just for foreign people who are learning a language. 
check what textbooks are available, look at the media, what kind of language do the newspapers use, you know, is there, are there regional variations, are they accepted, etc. Remember, learning a language, any language, is a step towards learning any dialect of a language. So in other words, for most dialect knowledge, you need like a solid grounding in the original language anyway. Wow, that's confusing. If you look at the show notes, I'm going to put this picture in there, which unfortunately I don't have a source for, but it's a beautiful illustration of the world's language families. And that illustrates how how different languages are connected and why some languages might be cousins of each other and others are really coming from a specific family. So we, we've got the Indic languages, we have got Germanic, Romance languages, Slavic languages, um, various different variants of Arabic and so on and so forth. It doesn't cover every single language ever because that would be a very large image, but it's worth looking at just for, for sheer interest value. It's so cool. And it shows us as well how many of our languages that most of us are learning essentially are Indo-European and actually in the European strand of Indo-European, but also which ones sort of stand on the side and kind of look over to us and go, well, we are Finno-Uralic, so you guys, what are you talking about? <laughs> so it's definitely worth, no matter what your target language, checking the language family tree to see where the language you're learning come from and see what it's cousins are and that also helps you understand maybe which other languages have influenced the dialects that you are going to be hearing. So in the coming section now I want to tell you now what I do know about different languages and dialects. I don't know everything about every language of in the world so my most practical tip for you apart from learn what's big, you know, learn what's, learn what's, if there is an accepted standard variant, start there. And then to be honest, whether you learn one, two or seven dialects of the target language, you know, do as many as, as you like. It doesn't, you know, as long as you've got that grounding, you're good. But the other point is as well, ask, always, always ask the speakers of your target language. So my first example will probably illustrate as well. So in the Welsh language, my target language, you've got two big dialects, northern and southern. And there are some vocabulary differences, so it's definitely dialects. But these are mutually intelligible. Northerners can understand southerners, southerners can understand northerners. And there's even sort of a mixy-matchy area where speakers switch around Aberystwyth, I believe. <laughs> so I... As I was learning this this language, I had to kind of pick a dialect because the textbooks make a difference. You can get a textbook and a learning material variant in northern or southern. Welsh is a language of the British Isles, by the way, but it's definitely not a dialect of English. It's an entirely different family. You could argue it's a Celtic dialect. So what I did is I studied the northern dialect because I lived up north. And right now... I'm doing my best to retrain myself to speak the southern dialect. But before I picked a dialect or before I started talking to people, I asked, and even as I was talking to people, I asked them when they maybe remarked on me learning northern Welsh or something like that, does it matter? 
Am I going to be understood? Should I pay attention to the Southern? Should I learn the Southern? What, what is the best way of going here? It's a bit disorienting to switch from Northern to Southern now, but it's not too crazy. So you've got two dialects there. They are mutually intelligible. Now, in Germany, in the German language space, Germany, Austria, Switzerland, you've got over 25 dialects that are not always mutually intelligible. And we have a very big and significant standard variant that covers all of the geographical area of Germany and mostly Austria too. And mostly a big part of Switzerland too. <laughs> Let's put Swiss German to one side. Um, which, which we, and Swiss German, for example, is an example of linguistically it's a dialect, officially it's a language. And for me as a German speaker, it's really hard to understand. So those 25 dialects are not always mutually intelligible. So what we have in German is we have one standard variant and that is what is big. When you're learning the German language, you start with and focus on learning what's called Hochdeutsch. And Hochdeutsch will be sufficient always to communicate with people. If you wish to learn a dialect and learn aspects of a dialect, you're going to get an awful lot of riches and local coloring and you're going to love it and it's going to be lots of fun. But you don't need to start with the dialect because you'd be restricting yourself and you would learn something that is not intelligible. If you're learning Bavarian, you would literally be learning a variant of German that I can't even understand as a native German speaker. So I hope... I'm giving you a rough idea of how different these dialects are and why we've got the standard variant. So German dialects are also quite closely related to what's called languages in, in other countries, which could be considered a dialect or a language. So we're back in that kind of what is what. In German, for example, I can read Dutch about 80% as a German native speaker, but I feel like I can only understand about 20% of spoken Dutch. But I do speak Moselfränkisch, the, the German home dialect that I have, which is so close to Luxembourgish that I can totally understand Luxembourgish and answer back to people. When I speak that dialect, Luxembourgish speakers will understand me. I cannot easily understand, however, things like Bavarian, Swiss German or Saxon. So when I teach, I teach Hochdeutsch. In the French language, which is my third example here, there is once again this big standard variant when I learn French well when I learned over my many years of learning French I've always been taught by speakers from France but last year I went to Canada geographically totally different area and I could communicate just fine it was there was no it didn't really it didn't really register to me as if um, the the regional dialect is that strong in in Canada Not to the point where I couldn't understand it, at least. I'm also fine in Belgium, and I'm fine in Luxembourg when there's French spoken. So my conclusion here is, all seems to work. But if I wanted to learn, say, a Corsican dialect or something like that, I would put that on top. So if there is a big, big language standard variant, I would always say, learn the standard variant and just put the dialects on top. Sometimes a discussion breaks out about whether a local language let's say Sicilian in Italian, 
is actually a dialect or it's not a language, it's a dialect and people start arguing. And this is due to considerations that are much more about linguistics. This is about identity. It's about, you know, and, and in that sense, it's about politics because politics is about identity. And this is about who we are and how we assert ourselves. So when somebody, when there's that debate of like, you know, our language is a language um, and it's no matter if it's linguistically related or not, I always, my, my ears kind of perk up and I find that debate really interesting and I start to look at how do people relate to each other in that particular country. So for me, I I try to respect what people use to describe their the variant of language that they speak no matter what it is but at the same time i i am aware that there is more than just linguistics at play and i get curious and i sort of try to observe how they how they assert themselves one word as well about what might be behind the question of accents because again for me, as somebody who teaches German, I do get this question. People become very nervous about local variants. If you're learning a foreign language and you're worried about encountering dialect speakers, you may want to double check how confident you are in your speaking skills. And you may want to get a bit more speaking practice with native speakers, maybe even native speakers from the particular area that you're looking at because usually a local dialect you start to get interested in that either because you're super curious or realistically because you're going to move there you're going to get a job there etc and you may just want to try and connect with somebody from that area for the working world this is just my german experience for the working world for reading the newspaper watching the watching television etc you do not need local dialect so, in conclusion, I have simplified here. I have mostly focused on the, the linguistic side of things. There are obviously social and political considerations of what's a dialect, what's a language. But I'm talking to you as the learner of a language, so I try to put those aside. All of the world's languages and dialects are worth respecting, practicing and preserving. So, in a way, my answer to your question should I learn two dialects? Should I learn, you know, I mean, the question was two. But my answer to that question is learn as many as you can. Because you are participating in preserving variants, regional identity and heritage of your target language. When you learn these, we, you help preserve them and it helps people study them in the future it helps keep language alive but it also helps researchers draw conclusions between how different languages are built and have evolved over time and give us those language family trees in an accurate manner it also provides an important sense of self-worth and economic worth to hundreds if not thousands of linguistic communities so if you want to know about want to know more about that I recommend you have a look at the Wikitongues website, which you can find in the show notes. For this one, the show notes are at fluent.show slash 92. And I've put lots of links in there if you want to have more input about what's a language, what's a dialect, should you learn, etc. 
A dialect is not less than a language. It is a variant of a language. Every language, in a way, is a dialect. I feel a bit like I'm doing one of those logic quizzes. <laughs> so do not feel that you must learn any or every regional dialect of your target language. If you know that you're going to be fine with the large variant, start with what's big. And remember to respect every dialect and language group and use try to use a description that they are happy with. My final best advice, I guess, is to ask those who are going to know best. Like, I can't really tell you about languages that I don't know. My most experienced languages are German, English, French, Welsh. And I might sort of have a little bit of knowledge of Spanish and Italian. Um, but even, even if we're looking at Russian, it's, it's, I would defer to an expert. Look at somebody who speaks your target language. And it, there is always that connection. So hopefully this has helped and it was interesting for you to listen to. As always, thank you listeners so much for listening into the Fluent Show, taking part of this big, big conversation that we are having about language learning. And a reminder that you can support our show in many different ways. And one of the best ways to do it is to leave us a review and submit a little rating in the Apple Podcasts app. If you've got any kind of Apple device, and I know there are thousands of you out there, please take a second and just... Give us some stars, the more the better, <laughs> and support the Fluent Show that way. And don't forget that you can record your own little welcome message for the show in any language that you wish, any language that you love. And the way to do that is that you can either email it to me as a voice memo, and that is Kirsten, K-E-R-S-T-I-N, at fluentlanguage.co.uk, or you can send it to me on WhatsApp. WhatsApp is my personal phone number, so please send me an email to ask for the number and I'll email it back to you. And all you need to say on the message is your name, where you are from, which language you are speaking, and in your target language, say the sentence, and you're listening to The Fluent Show. And that's what you guys have been doing. Bauer, thank you very much. Merci beaucoup. It was a pleasure talking to you about languages and dialects today. If this is your first ever Fluent Show, welcome. Don't forget to subscribe. And that's it from me. Until next week. Bye.